Hello and welcome to Humans Exhaust Me, a show caused by 2020 and everything that goes on within it. I am Bizball here in the UK and I'm joined from Colorado in America by Felicia Jones. Hey Paul, how are things treating you over there? Oh, I'm okay. I'm, I feel like we're close. I feel like we're close to the end of 2020 and although we don't know what's going on next year, probably more of the same, uh, I feel like it's a it's a watershed moment. Well, it, it, it's, I don't know. I, uh, I have no words, to be honest. It, <laughs> the year has been very, very interesting and special and I'm so excited because I know over the next couple of weeks we're going to be building up to what we think is going to happen in 2021, but the crazy thing is that 2020 is not over yet. Not over no. yet. No, at least two, three, two and a half, two and a half, three weeks. Is it two and a half or three weeks? Two, no, two, two and a half. Two and a half weeks, yes. Two, two and, and a half. half weeks, yeah. Yep. Ooh, so much can happen in two and a half weeks. Who knows where we'll be by the end? <laughs> a, a lot of things can happen in two and a half weeks. Just imagine what people were thinking last year at this time. I know, I know. Well, i tell you what people weren't thinking this time last year, and that is that Jesse is going to leave Little Mix. Okay, I got to do the thing. Who is Jesse? Jesse is one quarter of Little Mix, a girl band that was formed on the X Factor in the UK uh, almost 10 years ago. Oh, wow. They've been around that long? Yeah, I know. Are they good? Do you know what? They're all right, actually. I mean, look, vocally, they're really talented. Uh, They have a particular style which is all that 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 kind of thing you know what i mean what what was that again (laughs) you know all those like trills and you know a bit mariah kind of thing they do all of that which i find really yeah which i find quite quite irritating but you know they're 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 four young women um they've they've uh, come through a, a talent show uh but have been very successful they won a brit award uh they are they are loved. My six year old loves them, mm. and I assume they have run into the wall like most girl groups is not enough popularity. I mean, even though they're very popular, they just seem to probably hit a wall and get tired of doing the same thing over and over again. Well, I don't think no, I don't think it's that. But what I do think, I mean, one of the, so Jessie who is leaving, mm-hmm. she. Uh, <sighs> How do I put it? She, I think she's been picked on more than the others. She's been picked on as the fat one. Um, she's been picked on as the ugly one. You know, that kind of horrible thing that goes on with with girl groups and things like that. And- oh, okay, so which one is she? I don't know because I'm looking at a photo right now. I don't see not one fat person no, exactly. and not one ugly person. Yeah, I know. It's it's so it's so ridiculous. Um, depending on what, what picture you're looking at, she's probably the one with the biggest lips. Are you, are you getting the, the, no, is that? <laughs> okay. So she's white. So that, that knocks it down by two. Uh, she, she's not the blonde haired one. She's pretty brown. I'm looking at a photo. She's fairly brown. No, that's tan. Oh, wow. She looks good. I'll give her that. So are you, is she sure? Just well, now, now you're making me doubt it, but I'm pretty sure she's white anyway. Um, we're gonna have to look it up you know what i've learned you know however she identifies herself that's how she will identify i mean i mean it's it's not even relevant to the story um but (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, but she she did this documentary a while ago about sort of mental health and the pressures and all this kind of thing, and it was a it won an award this documentary actually. And then yeah. a few weeks ago, um, she went on extended hiatus in inverted commas uh, and hasn't performed since uh, due to um, medi- a medi- uh, a medical reason. And mm-hmm. to be honest, I thought that she'd had a suicide attempt or something like that. You know, because yeah. this it's got to be something serious anyway. Uh, she's she's leaving the group to just she can't she can't deal with it anymore. So the rest are carrying on, uh, and she's not. So happens to most bands in the end. Well, it, it makes sense. I mean that that world is 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 full of extreme pressure, and if you are definitely one of those girls who doesn't you know breathe skinny every day, uh, the world will be a little mean to you, especially if you have to live up to the standards of what they think beauty is. Exactly. So, so it's, it's so pretty depressing. hard. It's depressing. It's, it's depressing, but you know, hopefully she's feeling better and she um, continues with music or finds something that makes her happy. Yeah, exactly. Good luck, yeah. Jesse. What's going on yeah. over there? Oh, what is going on over here? Uh, Well, the biggest thing that was trending on Twitter over the weekend was Dr. Jill Biden. And it seems that there's a young man, um, tons and tons of quotes and sarcasm here, who (laughs) is having an issue with the fact that she calls herself a doctor. And he started off the article with calling her kiddo. And of course, a lot of women are definitely in definitely in their feelings about this. And I know how that feels when you've worked so hard and all of a sudden people want to change the rules on you. But I mean, gosh, she should call herself doctor. She should just get rid of Jill Biden now and just call and just say, call me doctor. She is a doctor, though, right? I she don't mean a medical a, doctor. She's a she's a, an academic doctor. Yes. She has a yeah. PhD in education, if I'm correct. So what's his beef? She's a doctor. Well, from what I heard, this man has challenges with women, it appears. (laughs) You're so uh, diplomatic. He has girl problems. Just say he's an asshole. (laughs) I want to keep this somewhat PG. But (laughs) yeah, he has has some problems. And I've been around people like this. Um, When I worked for the Navy, I worked for a commander. Uh, uh, Her name was Commander Bonnets. And a lot of the men refused to call her commander and called her by her first name. And we called one of the guys out and said, well, why don't you call her by her name? And he said, well, technically, since I'm a civilian, I, I, uh, because of the government status or, you know, your titles, he outranked her. And he said, I don't have to call her by commander, even in a meeting. And I was like, wow, what a dick. So <laughs> That's so, that's so much energy to, <sighs> to, think like that or to act like that or to have done the yeah. research on you know what you can and what an idiot god that that uh, deserves a big sigh i mean the woman the woman is uh i'm talking about dr jill biden here she's worked all her life yes. she's uh as i understand it she got that doctorate in her 50s uh-huh I don't, so I don't she, know when she got it, but it doesn't I mean, matter. She got it. No, it doesn't. It, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. But I mean, not everyone can go back to college or or, or go back and study or do all these things. No. She's gone and done that. Uh, I saw her on the campaign trail, well, from the TV, obviously. You know, she seemed very, I don't know, like supportive yet yet strong. Like she wasn't like a dowdy little housewife. I mean, I, I don't know Karen Pence, but I've never heard her speak. Whereas, you know, Jill Biden just feels like she's got something. 
Yeah, I, I don't know why people like him have issues. And you know what? She was she was in the White House, married to uh, Joe Biden for eight years, and nobody seemed to have a problem then. But all of a sudden, this person has a problem. So right. God, misogyny and sexism. It's just so tiring. So what is wrong with people? I know. I don't honestly, I I I don't get it. I really don't get it. What's what I find interesting though is because I have a daughter, I'm I'm much more careful now, I think, than I ever was about uh sort of saying certain things, like like making sure that she understands that she can do what she wants. So, here, so here's something actually that's come from school, which is a little bit worrying. She came and said the other day, she said um, that kings are more important than queens. And I was like, oh, uh, I don't think so. She's like, no, they are. They are kings are more important than queens. And she won't have it. And I'm like, I'm, right, okay, we need, we need to... Wow, she seems to suggest that she's got it from school or in stories and things like that. And I'm like, no, no. Queens are just as important as kings. Well, yeah, this... Of course, all of this stuff is taught because the, a queen is just as important as a king. And I mean, and being in a country where you have a queen is quite interesting as well. Yeah. Ah, but here's the deal. Right. So this is this is interesting. I don't know whether this makes it more important to be queen or not. If you're a queen, your husband cannot be king. But if you're a king, if you're the monarch, but you're male, your wife can be queen. Yeah, I, I've learned that from the crown. Stupid. And well, I guess because maybe, you know what, that honestly might be a smart move because they know that some men, if they marry a queen, all of a sudden they're going to try to grab the throne for themselves. So maybe this is what they need <laughs> to be put in their place. Like you go maybe. over there and sit down. But um, yeah, we definitely have to get rid of those, that terminology or that thought process that, you know, queens are not as important as kings. And we're getting to the point now, and even with, I think it was Mickey Minaj, she calls herself the king of New York. So <laughs> she was like, I'm the king and the queen. So there you go. Fair enough. Yeah. Goodness, people, people in power, who knows? Yeah. Goodness so. me. You know what we need? We need a great reset. That's what we need. Oh, conspiracy theory time. Yay. We need a reset. That's what this year is <laughs> all about, really. The Great Reset. Okay, so over the year, we've talked about a lot of the conspiracy theories that have kind of created themselves over 2020, from lizard people to lasers coming down, 5G towers. And this is a new one that you introduced to me, this Great Reset. So what exactly is this thing? Well, let's be clear, like all uh, conspiracy theories, it's a little bit vague and a little bit <laughs> foggy around the edges um but essentially it it the, the great reset is uh something to do with the world economic forum and the idea that um you know coronavirus gives us an opportunity to reset society and things like that. that's 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 where it's sort of coming from however the theory is that it's all to do with the world elite as most of these things are, um, the world elite, basically, uh, that after the, the pandemic is over, this world elite is going to take the opportunity to enslave all of mankind. Oh, wow. That's, mankind. that's deep. <laughs> yeah. That is um, deep. 
Yeah, and the so the the problem is that the um it's kind of it's kind of taking in uh like a a, a lot of so it's hard it's just hard to describe. So I think there's been some co well I would say it's a coincidence. They would say that it's the conspiracy, but <laughs> there seems to be a lot of um uh, clips or or evidence from world leaders like Boris Johnson and just Justin Trudeau uh, talking about a, a, a reset and thing, things like this. Um, okay. Yeah, so so one of the one of the phrases that they refer to is "build back better," which mm-hmm. was Boris Johnson's three word slogan thing a few months ago, and Biden, Joe Biden, used it. Um, as part of his sort of transition thing and Trudeau's spoken about building back better and so like these phrases that that they've used kind of get people going oh oh it's a plot yeah 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 um so so yeah so let me let me actually read you a little bit because actually Prince Charles is on is, is involved in this and apparently like the World Economic Forum uh, head guy Klaus Schwab, mm-hmm. uh, which is a great name, Klaus Schwab. Don't <laughs> uh, think that that's sounds that's, rich. That's, yeah, 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 yeah. So um, let me just see if I can find the 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 thing. Oh, hang on, it's talking about. Oh, yeah, oh god, so there's a great picture here. So um, Imran Khan from Pakistan, the leader of Pakistan, there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got the OECD talking about building back better. Uh, what else we've got here? Da, 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 da. They all want to do this. They all want to do it. Okay. So I think I think I think it goes something like that: um, the fascist regime regime that they are really involved in. They're going to enslave mankind by uh, making you uh, not want to use cash, not want to own anything. So. You know, you won't you won't own anything in in twenty thirty, and you'll actually love the fact that you don't own anything, okay? Because <laughs> you, you know you'll just subscribe to things like Spotify instead of owning music, or um, hiring a zip car instead of actually buying a car, and all these things, and 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 you'll just love it because you don't own anything. And then they'll wait until you don't own anything, you have no property, and you have nothing of value that you actually own, no capital, okay. and that's when they will enslave us all. Okay, even though we're probably already enslaved to money, but whatever. Okay, this is um, <laughs> this is a very interesting one. So I did find an article where somebody tried to piece through what this great reset is. And basically she was saying oh, there's a little bit of truth, a lot of things that probably should happen and things that just people just make up. And unfortunately, when you don't tell people, when, when your leadership is kind of in the toilet, people will make up their own things. So, so Davos is for our listeners. I don't know too much about it, but it sounds like where all of the elite, these leaders, these corporation people, so a bunch of rich people uh-huh. get together to go on a ski trip in a retreat. But because of this year and coronavirus, they decided to go virtual and they let the world kind of inside, you know, what they do. And you know, since we're sitting here with nothing else to do. We get to see what rich people do. And it seems like these thought processes, they're nothing new. Like a few years ago, they had rethink, redesign, rebuild. And 
the great transformation. And you do have a lot of people. And I think what this year is about transforming capitalism, making capitalism better. So it is kind of a lot of people talking about money and how democracy plays into that. And unfortunately, I can't see how people can start getting on the conspiracy theory train because it's people who don't live like the rest of the world trying to dictate how the rest of the world should live. That's problematic sometimes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I mean, you're always going to get like rich people. I mean, I think it's been, <laughs> yeah, well, it's been proven that there are winners and losers in everything. Even if you went down the sort of um, communist route, you know, in terms of the, the theory behind communism, actually communism, not, not that outrageous an idea if you think about it you know <laughs> how can you argue against equality and 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 total fairness and everybody having the same except that even in communism there are winners and losers uh, yes and there's going to be a lot of winners coming out of 2020 and probably even more losers so and, and I think that's the unfortunate part. I mean, sometimes conspiracy theories are laced with some truth. So you have to kind of keep digging. But I, I guess when you have more time on your hands and you have the endless YouTube channels, you can start putting a lot of things in your brain to believe some of the stuff that's going on. So you have this great reset. You have this hoax of, you know, and I don't believe this. You have a hoax of a pandemic. All of these things seem to just line up perfectly so that we can go to this cashless society and we can take people's freedoms and rights. And yeah, it's, um, I guess it's a really good script to follow. If you so believe do you, all do that you think that. any of, do you think any of those uh, things are potentially or have the potential to be true or real so let, let's let's look at like the <laughs> the world elite scenario the idea that there is a world elite and that they run the show in a conspiracy in a uh, what's the word not conglomerate what's the what's the word when you cartel in a cartel right everyone's on the same side they're all trying to reach the same agenda because you're right they do meet in what i would say davos not Dav davos uh, <laughs> davos um, davos Davos, Davos, yeah. Rich people. Uh, <laughs> they, yeah, you know, they do They do meet there. You're right. And I've never really understood exactly why they do it. But do you think there's any truth in, in this idea that there's a world elite and that they're all in on it together? I do think that there there is a world elite. I'm not really certain that they're all in it together to punish the rest of the world. I do think they're um you have a lot of as you call it willy wagging happening so we have competition <laughs> willy waving willy waving whatever wagging <laughs> pissing contest yeah <laughs> same thing um i do think you have a lot of that and when you have that much money and you have that much authority in some of these world businesses you, i think you're just always looking for the challenge of how to get better how to I don't necessarily think it's how to make more money, but how to be better than the next person. So yes, there is a world elite. Are they all in it together? I don't think so. I just think we get to see how they interact with each other. And unfortunately, we are the experiment of how they interact with each other. Okay. What about the cashless society thing? 
and that the conspiracy might be that there's a that there's a plan to be cashless i would assume that quite a few of these companies do have a plan to go cashless or at least to make people interacting with them go cashless. So let's just say Amazon is making everyone, making all of their customers go cashless, but Amazon is one of the biggest companies in the world. So they're gonna have more people in the world doing business with them. So inadvertently, yeah, you're gonna make the majority of the world go cashless. So I, I don't know if there's this big conspiracy plan to get there, but I can see how when they get together at their little mastermind retreats and, you know, Bezos says, hey, we decided to go cashless and another company like, oh, my gosh, that's a great idea. Let's go do that. And um, we just get what happens to it. So will we be going cashless? I do think we will. And I don't know if it's the best thing for everyone, because not everybody operates in a cashless world. I mean, I kind of think when I think about these things that, yeah, do you know, it's, con it's convenient for, for most of us, I would say who, you know, in the Western world, we've got a, a phone with Apple pay or whatever, or we've got credit cards or whatever, you know, I mean, I very rarely use cash and that works, that works for me. But of course there, there is an element of risk in that because if someone else, if, if there's nothing physical and it's just numbers on a page and something happens to those numbers on a page, then, then you don't have the thing. Now, I kind of think that, well, there'll never be such a thing as a cashless society because cash is just an object that represents something. Mm -hmm. So the rep, you know, there'll always be something that represents it, whether it's numbers on a digital account or whether it's uh, blocks of wood or potatoes that you've grown. There will always be some trade element. So, so it, it can't ever be cashless. Not well. It can be cashless in the terms of, you know, the what the definition of cash is, but the whole concept of exchange yes. for things, that, that, that will never way. disappear. Yeah, no, exactly. So I guess we just have to figure out what will the future look like if we have this cashless or digital digital currency society that we are kind of going towards. And from what I also understand from this Davos thing is that this is how all of these elites get together to kind of figure out world poverty. And I, I, I don't know. I don't know where they're going with all of <laughs> They're not stuff. doing a very good job. No, they're not. And, and I think we have to kind of look at them on a different playing field is that they think they're helping. They might think that they are doing the best for everyone, but Sometimes when you don't know people who are the unfortunate victims of your technology, you won't really know what's going on and how they're interacting with it. So a lot of these conspiracy theories, I think, I mean, there's some truth to them. I mean, they can get a little out of hand, but some of it's based on real things that other people are kind of controlling. And at the end of the day, if we are going cashless, if we are doing all of these things, I mean, we're we're kind of are becoming a slave to these capitalistic people to some degree. I suppose you could argue that as humans, we've been, uh, well, most of us, apart from the elite in whatever era you are, but most of us have been enslaved to people anyway, whether you were actually a slave or whether you are a slave to consumerism or whether you are uh, a slave to Little Mix and their fantastic back catalogue. Uh, That's called standing. That's not slave. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, I didn't mention Harry Styles this week, so you know it's fine. Um, but that—that's—that's. That's, I don't know. I just can't help but think it's just human nature and the way that human beings work and things things like that. That that it's just elements of of that. But I suppose what, what I don't know. Maybe people who feel disenfranchised are the ones that feel that this is the issue the strongest maybe i don't worry about a cashless society because i've i've got some well that is probably what's going on and for those of us who have the privilege to live stress-free to some degree it's really easy to you know what i'm just gonna live by my phone i'm gonna use my bank on my phone and um and connect everything to this one device so if we ever lose our phones i mean people are gonna have you know just running around the Mm -hmm. streets with their heads cut off like chickens but some of this stuff I do think because of us being here in this western world I'm starting learning learning more of western world but it's really countries with privilege and people with privilege it's just easy to give up a little bit of your security give up a little bit of your privacy just for convenience yeah and not realizing that a lot of people are in a, a different state they are in survival mode where we are just in comfort mode right now there's do you know what that there is there is so much of that it makes me really quite frustrated that and people can't see it either so uh i've had conversations with uh younger demographics Mm -hmm. uh, about um things like privacy and security because for, for me you know in our um age group in our demographic it, it, it's it's different to how it was when when I was younger. You know, when I was a, a student, I paid for cash. I didn't have a, you know, contactless wasn't a thing. Chip and pin wasn't a thing. I know you don't have that much chip and pin stuff over there, but you know, you have contactless, don't you? We have chip. Yeah, of course you. We just oh, you have chip and pins. Okay. So when I've been to America, I had to sign for everything. I like yeah. once walked out of a restaurant because I assumed that they'd taken the money from my card, yeah. and they ran after me and said, "Sir, sir, you need to sign." That's like, oh, how embarrassing. <laughs> um, but uh yeah uh where was I going? <laughs> where was I going with that but um when I talk to say I don't want to say millennials but you know let's use them as an as an example I've had uh no in fact it was a gen z conversation I had but I had a conversation with a group of younger people who said actually they weren't bothered about the privacy thing they weren't bothered about the privacy thing they weren't concerned about uh Amazon knowing what they like or Facebook knowing where they've been stuff like that. they don't care what they care about is that that information is kept secure well, and the problem is the moment you give all of this stuff over, there is no security in it. You, you lose control, don't you? You lose control, but you you also got to remember, this is how they grew up. They don't know anything any differently. Mm. They don't know not, you know, being uh, protective of your privacy or your social security number. I don't assume you have those over there, but now you just give everything away willy nilly in the... In, for for comfort and yeah and i think as long as we are in this comfort phase this is where all these conspiracy theories come from because people want to know why is it that you need my information why do you need to put up a new tower for cell phones even though i'm recording my conspiracy theory on my cell phone but whatever uh <laughs> <laughs> okay, i know the irony <laughs> and you know all these conspiracy theories are on the platforms that they are claiming are part of the conspiracy so th- i think when we get too comfortable when we don't have anything to fight for as nations or as people uh, first world problems that's where yeah. we are and so that's where you get all these weird things 
That, do you know what? God, you're quite clever, really, aren't you? <laughs> I think that's. I think that's it. it. It's. It's not having. It. It's not having something to fight for. It's. It's taking everything for for granted. And 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 also as well. I think maybe not not seeing things as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when when I was growing up in Europe, uh, the the Cold War and the threat of nuclear war was really quite quite real. You know, we would be taught it at school. There was leaflets about what to do. You know what? You shouldn't drink water and all this, all this kind of stuff. Like you, you, you knew, and you had your European neighbours in East Germany and Poland and Romania and all the all these countries having no freedom, and you knew about it, and you knew what your uh, what freedoms you had compared to people really quite close by who didn't have that freedom. And when that freedom was then allowed. Uh, it was like this wonderful moment in the late eighties that that I can really vividly remember. But there was always that thing that you that you knew that people didn't have the things that you had. And I suppose now, yes, there is war, and yes, there is poverty in in the world. But generally speaking, there's a lot more wealth, I think, possibly in in a lot of in a lot of places that people see, and they don't see things like, uh, for example, over here, why people might spend thousands of dollars uh months of their salary trying to get on a little boat across a 20 mile stretch of water because they're that desperate <laughs> well people can't see it they don't they don't know what goes on in africa they don't know what's going on in syria or or, or wherever so they don't know that these people are fighting for stuff so they don't know that do you know what i mean people there, there is that lack of awareness mode, and we aren't there. It's no different no. than in the United States. So we're, I'm even further removed from anything that's happening over in Europe. So, you know, if it's, you know, it was growing up, it was like, that's stuff that happens over there. That doesn't happen here. And we're on the border of Canada, which is another rich nation. And then you have Mexico and you kind of hear about them and you kind of don't. And now we have the, I mean, not to get into an immigration talk, but people don't understand why they would spend, you know, 22 hours in the hottest desert in the world trying to get to a new country. And we're just sitting here wondering why DoorDash is not bringing our hamburger fast enough. So I think we're just in this little world where we, we are just too comfortable. And when we're comfortable, we create, we make shit up. I don't know. But it's weird though, isn't it? Because like, at the minute, how could you say we're comfortable at the moment? I mean, okay, yes, relatively speaking, we are still comfortable and, and all that kind of stuff. But this is like the worst thing that's happened to most people in their in their lifetime. The, the pandemic? And the pandemic, yeah. But remember, it's them, not me. So that's how a lot of people think. That's those people. Mm. That's not me. So, you know, I feel bad for your family, but that's not my family. So bring on the football. Yeah. <laughs> God. So, Do you know what we need? Do you know what we, we need? need? What would be really helpful if we're going cashless, it would be really helpful if we had like microchips in our bodies. <laughs> no, that's part of the conspiracy theory. You can't what? have, chips, you know, because if you get the flu shot, you're going to get a microchip in you and they're going to follow you. They. I've always yeah, wondered cause... in these conspiracy theories, who is the they? It's the world elite. It's Schwab. <laughs> it's those it's Klaus Schwab. I mean, are, yeah, it must be. Are they on their yachts? They don't care about us, do they? Really? Well, no, but I mean, if we're if we're just resources for them, maybe, then yeah, they care about us from from that sense. In the sense that, like, you know, if you're a farmer, you look after your crops, right? 
That is true. It kind of goes back to that. What was the documentary on Netflix? The Social Dilemma. Mm. And the thing that really got me, the guy said, if you don't know what the product is, it's probably you. Oh, yeah. 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 From, a, from a social media perspective, that's like quite a, a common thing that, that people say. But, you know, what, what I don't get is that people who are like worried about microchips and the conspiracy around microchips and like it's, they're going to follow us and, and know what, what, what they're doing. They already know that. You carry a mobile phone in your pocket that is pinging off information well, all the time. It started with credit cards a long time ago. And right. when I worked for the Navy, I kind of worked in the, um, I learned how to do computer hacking. And it was always funny to me when people say, well, I try to keep my Facebook uh, settings private so nobody can see anything. And, and I tried to tell somebody one time, I said, you do realize the moment you got on the internet, you gave up all of your privacy. Just saying. Mm. The moment you did that, you kind of let the world into your house. And I don't think we can go back now because the internet has provided so many beautiful things, but you know, we're willing to give up a little bit of privacy for it because somebody is yeah. listening to our conversation right now. Oh, totally. I can I tell you a really uh, funny story? So I was doing a talk once about social media and a few updates. And I was talking about um, this network called Vero, which had been around for a while, mm -hmm. but um, it was suddenly it's sort of blown up from, from, from nowhere. And uh, I was talking about how the uh the the backers of it were a little bit shady and you know it got stuff uh, connected to to russia and literally as soon as i mentioned the word russia the fire alarms went off <laughs> and we all had to evacuate the building now if you're not telling me that someone is listening Cons and reporting back to putin on that mm -hmm. conspiracies it's probably those lizard people hey i tell you what though when i went to america oh it must have been about two years ago um, when Trump brought in a few things about, you know, you have to declare your social media uh, accounts mm -hmm. when you apply for your Esther. Wow. I was like, oh, I better check my social media accounts <laughs> in, case, <laughs> in case, like, I've said something anti-Trump and therefore I'm not going to be let in. But, you know, <laughs> who knows? I, I mean, but a lot of countries do that. They want to they wanna follow you. I think the biggest thing that was kind of weird when I – I mean, watching movies and then going over to the UK and um, different places, the CCTV, like literally these cameras kind of know every, where you are everywhere at oh, any yeah. time. That was a little weird to me because that we don't have that here. Oh, you mean over here in the UK? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We are the most, uh, I think we have the most cameras per population. There's, I mean, there's literally cameras everywhere. That's a little scary, but I guess if it, I mean, it, when it's supposed to work, it works, but... Yeah, it can also work against you at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people are generally happy when their children go missing and they're recovered, um, but uh, or where they're <laughs> sorry, sorry it's suddenly gone that, dark. Maybe you should say that a little differently. <laughs> I don't know if people are happy when their ki ki um, kids no. go missing. <laughs> no, when they're when they're found after after they've wandered off, or indeed, you know, they're able to catch the killers or whatever. Yeah. Um, but the yeah, but the fact that you know, Alexa is listening to you and can be used in court here in the United States against you. People don't believe that here, you know, I keep telling them. No, they've actually used it in a couple of court cases. This, I think this man killed his wife or something. Yes, that's right. And they used it against him. And there you go, because Alexa is recording everything that you're doing. I know. Yeah. I don't understand people who have it in their bedrooms or in every, every room in the house. I'm just like, 
No, I have one in the kitchen. That's it. You you know what? If I can find this, I think this was a TED talk, and we can add this in the in the show notes. But it <laughs> yeah. was a TEDx talk where the person, a company who did one of those little toothbrush things, the uh, you know, the smart toothbrush, and the guy w- literally told her everything that she did because he was on the other side. Everything she did for a week just by this little um, electric toothbrush. So scary. It is scary. So hopefully, everyone, I can find that and we'll add that into the show notes. But I, I, I wonder what the World Economic Forum in in Davos are doing with this data. You know, with your toothbrush. It, it, every you know to be fair at one point during this recording i was pretty convinced that the great reset is not real now actually thanks to a toothbrush you've convinced me that the great reset <laughs> is real i mean they're using it this is their i mean in the business world we talk about masterminds i assume that places like davos and i forget they get together here in jackson hole in the united states every year as well i think this is just their big mastermind of how they are growing their business how they are i won't say manip they probably won't use this word but but manipulating data how they are showing success and and then of course they got to pretend like they have nice hearts and oh yeah we're gonna solve poverty too <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we shall we shall see. We shall see what the outcome is. I'm going to keep a close eye on this particular conspiracy theory, yes. among among others, and uh, maybe there's some more that we can we can discuss. But but in, but until then, I think we should just keep an eye on the World Economic Forum. Watch out who's saying the Great Reset or Build Back Better or other code words. Yeah. And uh, if you if you come across any, dear listener, please report back to us and we will keep an eye on it and monitor it for the safety of the world. Yes, we want all the conspiracy theories because next year we're going to talk about the Flat Earth Society. Oh, my God. Wait. Wait. One of my favorites. One of my favorites. Well, let's keep people in suspense. And then, and until then, we've got a few Christmas uh, things to talk about. So, Felicia, as always, it's been a delight to talk to you. This has been fun. And we will talk Christmas very soon. Part of the Like Mind Media Network.